We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecky, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. All right. Welcome to the Eight Black Hands Podcast. This is episode 81. And so before we get into our spectacular guest today, uh, let's do a little check-in. Charles, man, how you doing, bro? It's been a while. I'm, I'm, it's one week, brother. It was one week, but I missed you too, Raymond. I missed you as well, brother, because they, they, they talk about toxic masculinity. I love you, Ray, and Chris, and Sharif. Uh, Chris goes to be here, he's just late, but I'm doing really well. Uh, and I'm super excited about this guest that we got. Just reading his story and his sister and then his parents, like it's a crazy story, man. So, um, this is definitely the, the type of show I definitely wanted to come back to. Yeah, so bro, I love you too because there's nothing toxic about men telling men that they love them, right? And I think that, yeah, I think that you know. We need to highlight those things, right? So, <laughs> that's the that's the kind of energy we on, young Ian. So, 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 Ian Taylor slits. That's yeah. uh, that's how you. Pronounce, okay, good. Yeah. Uh, is is the seat because you don't ever ever let anybody mispronounce your name. That's important, yeah. right? And if they mispronounce mm-hmm. your name, you correct them. Like mm-hmm. you're supposed to correct me. All right. Yeah. He's the C- <laughs> CEO of Kid Lamity Gaming. Uh, this 14-year-old youngster has uh, graduated with his associate's degree and is the pride of Keller, Texas. That's the nearest major city is Dallas-Fort Worth. And he hasn't been to Jerry's world. Um, let's welcome Ian to the show. What's up, Ian? Hey, what's up? <laughs> how, 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 how are things, man? Everything good? Um, yeah, it's been pretty good. You know, just chilling, getting done with work, you know, the usual school year. How about you guys? Same. It's going well. It's going well. Real quick, hold on, because Chris just came on, and I haven't mm. seen Chris in a while. And Chris has a new addition. Uh, Raymond, you are on the camera right now. I need to see Chris because I see something on his face. I think it's a. I think it's some stuff on there. Let me see if I can scratch it off. What is going on with you, Stu? <laughs> see, you muted. You muted. You know what I'm saying? The mustache is taking over. Like you muted. <laughs> it's a mustache, man. It's a mustache. Are we, are, is that what we're doing now? Are we, do, are we keeping this? I love it if you like it. I'm just saying. Just, just, just wait a month, man, when it's coming all the way down here. When I look like ZZ Top or something, just, just wait. You'll see. You, man, I'm happy to see you. I, I cut off the young man because I, I had not seen his face, and his face is very different. Uh, we were just listening to this phenom kid that's about to make us all feel bad about our life choices. So let's go. <laughs> that story is amazing, man. But you were you were talking in. Um, and we'll go to Chris right after you, you finish your, your intro. Uh, but so 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 Ian, if there's one thing that you want people to know, bro, what what yeah. what do you want them to know? Know about what me in general? Or, yes, sir. Yeah, yes. the show is um, about you. Notice, notice, we didn't talk about anybody else. <laughs> we talking about Ian today. Okay. Um. Well. I mean, I guess like one thing that I would like everybody to know is that, you know, as you guys probably already know, I am, you know, in college or now university, University of North Texas. And, you know, I am really enjoying it because unlike previous things, which I'll get into later, um, University of North Texas allows me to be me and it allows me to really explore my options. You know, my major integrated studies, you know, it allows me to 
you know, explored all the different subjects and see what I really want to do, you know, what I want to do and pursue as a career. So, yeah, I think that's one of the main things I want people to know about me is that, you know, in college. That's what's up, Ian. All right, so yeah. Breezy, Breezy, checking in with you, bro. How you doing, man? Talk to the people. I'm good. You know, a lot going on in the world that we all should be watching, but this show is about hope and optimism and young people and, and people who are going to be alive after we're dead. So let's, <laughs> let's not rue the day on the old people stuff about like, you know, what I could be talking about with the Supreme Court, with the election that we're in right now, with a government that seems to be going crazy, with a pandemic that is disrupting families and education and the education of children. Um, let's not do all that. Because we, we have hope and promise and optimism with this young man right here who's about to tell us something to make us all feel good. Make us feel old. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but hey, make us feel good, too. And, and, can I, can I, and Ray, can I make a request? Because And I want to give shout-outs to your sister and to Ray, because I think it was y'all, that it was them that kind of put this together. Ray, before we even, like, go into, like, our questions and stuff, you got to, like, frame this dude's story, man. Um hmm. You, you, I mean, like, it's. I was reading it. I was doing my research, and I can help if you need me to. But it's just a crazy story. So, like, I don't think people know why we even bugging out yet. So, uh, I just want to let's just set the stage for folks, man. And if you need me to help, let me know. So, Charles, jump right in. Okay. Yeah. So basically, man. Um, you know, I've been away, and then we got this show, and I see the messages going between this young lady and us, and it's um. It's about this family and it's, oh, this 14 year old kid that's like in college and about to graduate wants to come and do the show. And then I was putting two and two together and this, his sister, who is a few years older than him, also went to college super young. And is how old is she now? She's 18. She's 18, about to finish law school, like mm -hmm. already. And then I'm like, wait, hold on. What's going on with this family? What are they doing? And on this show, we've talked about all the time that black folks are the largest growing number of families homeschooling their kids. And so this mother who is a doctor and her husband just got on the good foot super, super early. And like, I'm reading their story. This kid Ian was doing, and sorry to call you a kid. This is how I speak. I don't mean yeah. anything. Nah, nah, nah. It was 20 and words matter. But nah. But this kid, right, and I'm going to say that again, was 10 years old and doing college prep courses with his mom. And his mother is a doctor, but she got her her, her, her BS in like, in like a science or whatnot, and they just rocked it out. So you got two kids before the age of 16 that were out of high school, graduating from college. One is already in law school and the other one is gone. And Ian, I'm sorry, just one more time, because you look like you could be Chris's son, which is like a beautiful thing, right? How old are you again? I'm 14. And you have how much time left in college? I a le little less than a year, like maybe like six months, depending on, you know, how I do. Yeah. So about six months, yeah. So, yeah. Fellas, so we're going to talk to you, Ian, right? Because mm -hmm. the whole show is going to be about you, like Ray said. But damn, let's go in reverse order. Uh, Chris, because mm -hmm. you probably hearing this the way I just heard it. Like, what is your reaction to this story? And then Ray... Ray, you should be the, the anchor on this because you put this together. So, Chris, I'm just, I just need to know, like, because we talk about this, right? But now we got somebody in front of us. What's your reaction to this story? <laughs> 
Well, first of all, I'd love to hear from this young man. He looks like one of my children, like one of my young people. He's been educated unlike them. <laughs> He's costing his parents a whole lot less money than mine are going to cost. Um, you know, it's funny. I just posted something today about dual, dual enrollment uh, and how it's it's taking off the number of young people who are taking college credits while they are still in, in grade school or high school specifically. And the large amount of money that is saving uh, parents and the system and everybody else, but specifically for parents of color who get their kids, their young people into dual enrollment early times, it's a boon for them. Anytime you can get, you know, you can graduate from college earlier with less money, you know, on on the on the uh, on your loans or whatever. Man, amazing. So my response to this, number one is it, we need proof of concept that black people can educate their own children, their own young people, that young people don't need a school to become educated, that we cannot make education and school synonymous with each other. Like school, like learning is one thing. Education is another. And school is yet another. And those things are far removed from each other. Um, and then that, that's all I got to say, because I want to hear from this uh, amazing young man so I can like take the story and then later embarrass my children with it, my young people, <laughs> my household. So, so, so just give me some fuel here. Let's, let's, let's get the fuel out of it. Well, let's get Ray's thoughts real hey, quick. So, so, you, 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 you probably haven't put this together, man. So like, yeah. what? Yeah. So, so, so as I was interacting uh, with, uh, with with a sister via uh, via Twitter account, man, I was just amazed by the story and just like the accomplishments of uh, of of the two. And um, I'm not gonna use this to put my son to shame at all because like he's at he's he's doing his own thing. He's on his own pace. I'm with you though, Breezy, on the dual enrollment thing because my son comes uh, comes out of high school next year at the age of 15 with uh, with 12 credits. You know, he and, and he probably could have been at 30 credits had he been on his grind the way that he should have been on his grind. But hey, listen, we're going to use Ian as an inspiration. You just said you weren't going to do that. And you just did it. Hey, we're going to use Ian as an inspiration, though. Hey, I love that boy, though. That, hey, that's my guy right there. But um, Ian, man, let's jump right in here, bro. I got some, we got some questions for you, man. So talk to us about your public school memories. I want to know. Mm-hmm. Um. My public school memories. So as you guys probably know, I wasn't in public school for too long. I like I got pulled out around the age seven in second grade. But what I remember, because I did go to public school for kindergarten, what I remember from kindergarten was, you know, it was it was fine. You know, a stereotypical kindergarten experience. I mean, I didn't really like luckily I didn't really experience any sort of discrimination. Not yet. <laughs> so I didn't really experience any discrimination yet. It was pretty pretty normal i mean you know we had we had parties we you know went to birthday parties we had you know tests like basically every other experience for kindergarten at least and that was really our you know kindergarten and preschool those two are like really the prime time for me in terms of you know realizing that i was ahead of everybody else in my class because like what everybody else was like struggling with you know basic stuff like or considered basic back then i was you know it was easy for me and i was rather bored because i figured like it was kind of like a warm-up like where's the actual you know where's actual hard part you know so i think yeah that was pretty much my public school experience before i started homeschooling so let me ask you this to follow up to that, right? Because like most kids, when they're super smart and they get bored, they act out. Were you acting out? No, I wasn't acting out because I always considered myself like Mr. Goody Two-Shoes in a way where like I I didn't want to get in any 
trouble at all. My like all my teachers like me. And I feel like it's because I just didn't really care. Like, cause I know a lot of like, you know, smart students who act out sometimes or majority of the time to do it for like attention, like, you know, to be like a cool kid or whatever. And for me, that wasn't really a concern for me. It was, let's just do this and go home. So acting out just drained more energy out of me than what was needed. So, I mean, well, it was in my mind at the time, I was like, well, what was the point, you know? And I didn't want to get sent home or anything. So, you know, I just, you know, lay low, did my stuff. That's what's up, man. Hey, fellas, I know know you got questions. Go ahead. No, no, even before that, just people. Like, I mean, in 2020, with everything we've been talking about, everything that's been happening, I mean, this is the feel good story that you need to be sharing. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the numbers right now. We need y'all to share this and, like, put your stamp on it when you share it. I mean, this is like, I mean, this is just an amazing, beautiful story. And we only talking to the beginning of this tree. Like, I want to at some point talk to the sister and I definitely want to talk to these parents, both yeah. of them, right? So help us. We need y'all to share this. Like, this is the positivity that needs to be out there. Um, like, it, it just, okay. I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm just aware because you have a proof of concept in front of you, not once, but twice, because the sister did it first. Like, they did it, <laughs> you know, I was like, this kid was on it and this other kid, I don't know. They got mm. both their kids on this path. And, mm. uh, so let's jump into the questions, but I do want to just say Miss Michelle Johnson, who I love, she just said, uh, doing Romans is a waste of money, let them graduate. I, I really want to just address this because this was my job for a long time. It's definitely not a waste of money. It's definitely not. It's definitely it's not. Best ways to save money. Um, absolutely is, especially for income folks. That once, right? And if you do it the right way, you can actually leave. This is actually more for Ray to talk about towards the end because yeah. that's what he did with his kid. And that's why his kid is not only graduating early, but going into college with like things already done. Had I known this, I would have done this and saved myself at least $20,000 of that year of classes that I could have knocked out early. So I just wanted to say that because uh, Miss Johnson is one of our patrons. She's one of our best fans ever. And that's just one of the perks and privileges you get when you a patron, a patron. So Ray, <laughs> And uh, go to patreon.com slash <laughs> uh, you get the questions answered in the middle of the conversation. Uh, Ray, you were about yeah. to have a floor in the questions, man. I just wanted to make sure we did that plug. Yeah, no doubt. So young Ian, man, what was your reaction when, when your parents came to you and they first were like, hey, we're going to homeschool you? This, this. Okay, my reaction at the time, I didn't know what it entirely meant. So I feel like... Well, the way I reacted with that knowledge in mind where I didn't really understand what homeschool would be, I was fine with it because I already liked being home. So being at home all the time, like doing school, schooling, doing school was fine for me. But the best part was, you know, heading home. So when I was told that I can be at home and do school, get them both like, you know, both aspects, I was pretty excited and I didn't have like any regrets or anything. I was I was down to leave. So. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what i want to ask you about that a little bit too like right now that because we're in a pandemic everybody is attempting to do some version of schooling at home but it's not necessarily homeschooling Mm -hmm. so the two things people keep reminding us who are actually homeschooled that those are different things like what we're doing is like crisis parenting is what we're doing right now like in a crisis um tell us what is homeschooling like 
what was your day like in first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade? What was the experience of homeschooling? And how, of homeschooling, and how did people know that you were actually learning and making progress and everything without the normal stuff people would have in schools? Okay, so through so basically doing homeschool when I was like you know in order to ensure that I like that's a fair question. How do I know if I'm actually like you know learning or not? Like I so I can just like think I know and you know, go on to college and it's absolutely flunks. I thought I knew and I didn't. So the thing that I feel like really held some legitimacy was one, you know, through online classes, because we took quite a few online classes. And in terms of this actual at-home schooling, my mom, who was a prominent figure and, you know, teaching me, she would like print out worksheets and print out tests that schools use. And she'd print out like worksheets and print out tests. And after reading a textbook, so she usually like get a textbook so I could follow along in a textbook, a traditional school textbook while I was, you know, learning. So I would progress through the you know, progress through the textbook and I would, just like any other student, I would do the problems, you know, figure out the definitions. And after that, I'd take a test. Usually mm -hmm. it depended on the textbook. Some of them had tests at the end and some of them my mom would, you know, print out the internet. So it was basically like in the name homeschooling, it basically was school, but without all the distractions because I found the other kids really distracting and like mm -hmm. it was annoying. So I feel like it was to my advantage. It was, it wasn't that different. Like I did the same work, arguably even more work. And it was the same feeling of being in school, but I was progressing faster and I was allowed to solely focus on my work rather than being distracted by all the other kids around. So I feel like it was yeah. great. So when you say distraction, let's let's dig a little deeper into that. Like, what what do you think are some of the things that distract kids from learning? Other kids, to be honest, because I know as because I was in a public class and I personally wasn't as distracted as most kids were. Because you can imagine in kindergarten, not all the kids are the most focused because you know they're still really young. So they were like you know climbing on the table, screaming like kids you know what the bad kids you know what they do in school so when what i mean by distractions is other kids because you know they they were bad and they didn't care because they were mm. too young to understand what they were actually doing so when they were you know doing those things it would catch other students off guard and then they join in and so on so that's what i really mean when i say distractions just other kids yeah. So Breezy, I'm I'm throwing you in here, man. I know this is about Ian, but you talk a lot about this in terms of just like the distractions that happen in school. Oh, Chris is How about to give you a famous epic bad take. Like when yeah, Ian was yeah, talking right. and he mentioned like kids <laughs> acting don't, up, don't, he was don't tell people. He about to talk about these bad kids. <laughs> He's like, I'm sorry, Chris. You got nothing. Wait a second. Wait a second. How's that a bad take? There are bad kids, and we not all meant to go to school together. That's not a bad take. That's an accurate statement. We not all meant to go to school together. What is that? But in, my in kids can go to school with the bad kids. Anybody who tells you that there's no such thing as bad kids, it's their kids. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I just wait, want wait. you to know right hey, now. Hey, anybody that that who's in the comments right now, 
anybody who's going to get in the comments and be like, oh, there's no such thing about bad kids. It's your kids. It's that, that's the one. <laughs> that's how you identify yourself. You're like, nah, nah, there ain't no such thing, no bad kids. Oh, it's yours. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh, yes. Now, now but, but, but listen, my bad takes aside because, you know, I'm good for them every week. You know, they could, you know, bad, bad takes aside. What I, I hear in this story, though, to me, is so interesting. And we forget how different every child is, how every young person is from from kindergarten and all. And what I'm seeing here in this situation is a brain that was rescued, rescued from a system that put into the wrong hands and in the wrong devices in the wrong building could have been very distracted. Right. Yeah. This is this is a brain that could have been in prison. Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is brain like, like the prisons are full of people right now who put in the, the proper hands, their, their learning put into the proper hands, uh, could be doing great things right now. Yeah. But these distractions, we don't want to talk about this. Here, here's the thing that I think is important that what I just heard, and this relates to my bad take, Charles, that you're trying to stoke out of me. You're trying to pull it out of me. But here's the bad take is, we spend a lot of focus on the kids who are struggling and doing the most, too much in classes to distract. We don't spend a lot of time are the other kids in the classroom that deserve an education like everybody else? Right. There's a bad take tonight. There it is. There it is. You wanted it. You asked for it. <laughs> hey, now I, 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 where I thought you was gonna go was like, you know, because you made this point about classroom management, about being worried about your kid in environments where either the kids are bad or the teacher is horrible at managing the class. But regardless, <laughs> I don't want my kid having to deal with that. And I think that Ian. When I heard him talking, he, a lot of that stuff was alleviated when he was at home with them parents. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. I do have a question about that. I do have a question yeah, as a parent who's got kids at home right now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I have young people at home right now. Did your parents ever have moments where they just like wanted to throttle you because like you <laughs> like you weren't getting something or whatnot? I mean, we gotta be real here. Was it was it peaches and cream every day, or were there days where you just weren't getting something and and you know? You know, maybe mom wasn't happy about it. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I want to use like, you know, not happy. I mean, my mom, she always believed in me. So when I wouldn't get something rather than like getting like frustrated, like, why don't you get this? She just like keep making me redo problems over and over again because she mm. believed in me and she knew I could do it. Just that I wasn't, like, you know, understanding it properly. So instead of, you know, just getting mad at me and saying, like, why don't you understand this? You should understand this. She was like, that's okay, but you're going to do more problems until you get it. Mm. So, you know, that's, I feel like that's what helped, helped me progress through education, you know, entirely. Because, like, it was that feeling of it's okay to fail as long as you learn from your mistake. And that I was capable, you know, if my mom yelled at me every time I didn't understand something the first time, I wouldn't be as confident in education for sure. You know, I'd be questioning everything, you know, I do basically. Mm. But the fact that she went about it in a way where just because you don't understand it now doesn't mean you'll never understand it. I feel like that got me pretty far, like like to the point where I am now and it's still helping today. Wow. But yeah. Hey, so if you're a parent and you're listening to the show, like he just gave you some jewels uh, from his parents, basically. And so what he's saying to you guys is that you need to be patient with your kids. And so, you know, we're not we're not asking for you to know everything. If you've taken like if you're if you're if you're homeschooling or if your kids are in a hybrid program or whatever, we're not expected for you to know everything. But we do want you to be patient with your kids uh, if they don't get it the first time. 
reach out to their teachers or reach out to people that know what they're doing. You, you may have family members that can come in and tutor uh, your kids or uh, teach you how to do the work because, you know, a lot of this common core stuff and whatnot, like, you know, even college, people with college degrees don't know how to do that stuff anymore because it's different from how we learned it whatever so we're all relearning at the same time so so be patient with your kids that that's that's the message that i got to you guys for tonight for tonight so i'm listening yeah no i'm listening and there's a few things that stuck out and then i'll roll it into a question one i want to really like show love to his parents because in this article one ian said something very important he says she my mom believed in me and knew I could do it and it made her push him a certain type of way and this is what we've been talking about a lot about schools and black folks and stuff like that because you can't push me to be great if you don't believe I can do it in the first place and this woman knew her this woman and this 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 man knew what their kids was capable of and was like nah I, I know you I know what I'm raising that's one two in the article that I read from Tarrant County College because uh, I want to make sure that I bring in mom and dad's voice. They said both Haley and Ian tested as highly gifted as at young ages and their parents pulled them from public schools in order to let them learn at an individualized pace, meaning they we got it in March. We don't need to go all the way to June. We're going to move on and kind of move up. And that's how you graduate earlier. The other thing that it said, uh, Ray and Chris, was once we got them into homeschool environment where we could build and tool their education just for them, they both made rapid advancement, explains their father, William uh, Schlitz. I just wanted to pull that out, right? Because when we talk about agency, when we talk about being on your own, we talk about all these things that I think that y'all just think we like to say or it's part of the brand or whatever. You have an actual living, breathing, bleeding example in front of you that they didn't just do it once. It wasn't just this anomaly that happened. They did it multiple times. And I'm sure that they didn't feel like experts when they started. I'm sure that they had questions. I'm sure that they were afraid. But when the question came between my kids left in this system that don't love them or hell, me and my husband can do a better job than what they're doing. And then look what happened. Right. Everything is impossible till you do it. So. Uh, Ian, yeah. this is just been, my question for you, Ian, is this has mm-hmm. been your reality. And now I know you're getting exposed to a lot of other people that have a different reality. Mm-hmm. What 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 message do you have for your mother and father uh, as they are probably going to watch this interview? What do you want to say to them right now? No prompts. I'm going <laughs> to leave it to you. Uh, I would like to say thank you for believing in me and you know pushing me. You saw the potential in me. And you didn't let it get wasted. Even when the school said it wasn't, you guys knew that it was. And you pushed me to be the greatest I can be. And you guys are still doing that. And without you, I don't think I would be here. I'd probably be in a traditional school and probably be in like, what, eighth grade. And, you know, that, that would suck. So I'm glad that you guys saw a true potential, my true potential. And I'm glad that you didn't give up on me. So thank mm-hmm. you. That's, That's what's up, man. Mm-hmm. Hey, so listen, man, I I, I kind of send the same message to, to my son as well, man. I, you know, sometimes he, we have these conversations about how hard I push him, you know, and sometimes he pushes back, you know, it's like maybe it's parts of his childhood that he missed. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there's any parts of your childhood that you might've missed? And like, you know, it, you're wanting the craving? 
Not really, because when I think back to things that I could have potentially missed, like events that everybody like, you know, looks forward to. And that's like a major part, like a part of their childhood, like things like prom and stuff come to mind. And one, I never really cared about prom or like the school dance or anything. So like me either. Exactly. So I didn't really uh, that didn't affect me at all. So I and that was, you know, within education systems, that's one of the main things. But like traditional things, I feel like I didn't miss out on anything, to be honest, because I know a, a big thing like ask this a lot. A big thing is like, well, what about your socialization? Like, didn't you like are you like isolated? Like, do you still like have like, you know, the common socialization that you would have in public school? And the thing about that is what I've found, what I've come to realize is that I kind of prefer like not seeing them in the school environment because like I said before distractions and because you wouldn't even be able to socialize with them as much if you were to meet up outside of school like I would have before I transferred I had friends in you know public school and the thing is I know at first it was like a fear of what what if I never get to talk to them again but what I soon come to realize is that I got to hang out with them outside of school and hang out with them outside of school is arguably more fun than hanging with them inside of school. So the common argument or question brought up of, well, what about socialization? I feel like I didn't miss out on anything out of everything. I got better. I got better, you know, experiences than what most kids would get in public school. So yeah, I don't think I missed out on anything, to be honest. Other so than let's, let's let's dig in in that, right? So like, mm-hmm. talk talk to me about you know because you know typically kids go on their field trips and stuff. What were some mm-hmm. of the activities that that you were uh, that that, mm-hmm. that your parents did with you during the school? Well, well you know, younger when I was a younger age, we were a part of a thing called Jack and Jill of America. And, you know, it's like an organization for basically a group of black kids to get together and do fun activities, whether, like you said, field trips, you know, workbenches, whatever, whatever it is. So that was very prominent in my socialization back then, like, you know, when I was younger, progressing. You know, I'm still kind of young, you know what I mean? So that was one of the main things. Now, obviously, as we talked about earlier, I'm part of a fraternity, Alpha Phi Alpha. And, you know, that's also another great place you know to socialize with other kids that understand me you know they're also black so they can relate to me more than you know a white kid or any other kid of any other race would you know understand so you know i don't like you know in terms of field trips and you know traditional things that schools would do public schools would do i still got to do those things just with people i felt more comfortable around so again like i said earlier i feel like i had a better experience than what most public school kids would have. So, yeah. Breezy, Mm -hmm. I saw you shaking your head, bro. What's happening? What's going on? (laughs) You're muted. I mean, beautiful statements, though. I'm telling you, I know it's great. (laughs) Listen, listen, listen. Listen, Linda. Linda, listen. Um, I was just saying... That it, it took me very long in life to hear about this thing called uh, Jack and Jill. There was this whole <laughs> ass secret society happening in life, and I had never heard of it. And when I did finally heard of it and found out, well, I found out everybody around me, like I brought it up, like, y'all ever heard of this thing called Jack and Jill? And everybody said, yeah. I was like, oh, 
Oh, so this was a don't invite Chris type of thing, right? This was like a don't invite. Must I must have been in a different part of the strata. I did not get the invitation, didn't get the secret meeting, didn't yeah. know where it was. But apparently in my adult years, I found out about it and I was like, oh, this sounds cool. <laughs> this sounds like something I would have benefited from. But anyways, I'm mad now, so I'm never going like, to support it because I'm mad. Y'all, y'all should have caught me earlier. Hey, you but this is what I want to say about this is what I want to say what you said about saying earlier was people got to stop saying about what about socialization in the schools. Mm-hmm. Like people got to stop acting like you're getting positive socialization in these yeah. schools. These schools are like Lord of the Flies when when adults aren't looking. When adults aren't looking, it's straight up like Lord of the Flies. There are kids that are living a situation every day when adults aren't looking that is totally different than what the people what adults think they're living. And these clicks just like eavesdrop on some of their calls that they're having with each other on house party on mm-hmm. on Xbox and hear what's going on in school or whatnot, please stop saying what about the socialization? There is a chance that if you as a parent keep your kids in your own company and you have control over their socialization, that is the more positive socialization that you will get. Mm. Um, And you can control some things about who they hang with and whatnot. I love what you just said too about like you got to hang with them outside of school. It's not like sitting behind somebody in a desk is like the best way to be socializing with people anyways, right? I know, Charles, you've said this a lot of times before. It's like through, through church group and trips that we had through our church or whatnot when it wasn't involving school i got absolutely. to know people like way better like know them way longer absolutely wait is that mom mom is on that's what is is is, is mom maisha taylor is she is there she is. There she is. <laughs> you know, I need. I want to make sure. We, I want to get her the link so we can get her. I want to get her t-shirt. I want to get her on a t-shirt <laughs> and wear it everywhere I go and be like, "See this? This is I what." You, you know? People think we're joking. I, listen, man. I've worn t-shirts with people that have done way less in life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This woman mm-hmm. has raised two geniuses, right? And there are some lessons that y'all should be taking. I'm taking a whole list, and I'm gonna turn it into a blog. But one, two lessons that I got from these parents off top, believe in your kids and push them to reach their potential. Like we mm-hmm. send our kids off to factories that's known for failing our kids. And then we listen to them when they got something to say about our babies. Right. Like they didn't do that. Like they didn't second guess themselves. You know what I'm saying? And never underestimate, man, like never underestimate like high standards. Like when you have a high standard, you don't know what a kid can achieve. Until you allow them the space to do it, you put it. If, when you put goldfish in little bowls, they stay this small. You put them in a big pond, they grow bigger. That's just how things happen, man. So I just wanted if if y'all are, are taking tally off of what I just learned. The other thing is you don't have to apologize for taking care of your babies. Maybe homeschool is not for you, but this is what worked for them. Jack and Jill worked for them. Like don't let these other people get in your head. And try to stop the flow of what's happening for you and your kids, mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. That's all. I just wanted to, because we say these things, Chris and Ray, but I think sometimes people are like, well, they just talking. Well, how you do it? What's the roadmap? Well, this baby is giving you a roadmap right now. That's it's right. Exactly what happened. Now, I am going to start a different group Hold on, wait. Called, uh, called Kenya and Kenyan. I am going to start a different group. So, so y'all can have Jack and Jill. <laughs> I'm going to start. I'm going to start. I'm going to start a low rent version of the same thing because, uh, I've heard nothing but really great stories over time and success stories off, off mm-hmm. this click. And I, th- I've been joking, but I am serious about I have wondered about creating the same type of networking opportunities for folks that aren't going to be tied into those networks. Mm. Okay. Hey, I, 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 yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Right. You've been trying to get um, there, bro. Yeah. So here's the thing. Right. And I don't want to like uh, dimmer the hope of those folks that 
can't afford a Jack and Jill are those folks that, you know, are are are, are disenfranchised financially, uh, socioeconomically or whatever, right? But there's still opportunities in order for you guys to engage in your kids' education and uh, and be that parent for your kids as well. It may not be uh, through vessels like Jack and Jill, but you can still be actively engaged in the school community. You can still be actively engaged in the PTA. Um, you can still be actively engaged in, in, your, in your kids' education. So I, I don't want that to... I don't want that to be like a, a, a drain for, for folks that are really trying, that don't really well, have... Can I stay there like with you, Ray? Can, can me and yeah. you stay there real quick? Because yeah. I'm going to push you. I agree with you, but I'm going to push you, right? Because yeah. this is reminding me... Have, been, have y'all seen that commercial where they were interviewing a young Venus and Serena Williams? And her and their dad was there, and, right. and they were confident kids, right? Like kind of like Ian, right? And they were confident. And then the questions were always like, "Well, don't you get scared, or don't you do this?" Or it, it, and I don't think that the person was trying to do this, right? But his her they dad jumped in and said, "This is a confident child. Stop trying to like ask." Right. So I think the point you make is valid, Ray. And I think the the questions about socialization and stuff are good, are fine questions, and they mean well, right? But just because they did Jack and Jill don't mean you got to do Jack and Jill because Boys Club is $5 for, for like a lifetime membership, right? <laughs> library is free. The library is free. Walks to the park is free. That's my point. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I know you're not making yeah. that point. What, what I'm saying is when, when it comes to black kids that are doing phenomenal things, we can never just accept the phenomenon, right? We have to like, wait, I need to under... Like, because my brain wasn't functioning in that way, right? To like, to where this wasn't normal. But what I'm saying is this type of success can be normal. Maybe these kids did accelerate super fast or whatnot, right? But Ray, your baby is a genius too. And your kid is about to do a very similar thing. And I yeah. think that if we can just kill all that extra noise, because this did, this noise right now is not coming from white people. This noise is coming from us right now. This is us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, nah, nah. I'm about to study this mom. I'm about to study Dr. Taylor. And I'm about, I'm serious. And on Black History Month, her, their parents need to be up there with some of the people that we study, man, because what's more revolutionary than raising geniuses? Like, what's more revolutionary than raising kids that can look at a public system at 15 and be like, uh, did that way better? Moving on. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I just I just think if we're talking about this Wakanda land or whatever, we 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 when when we talk about Wakanda, people fall in love and they love it. That's a fucking made up story. Sorry, Ian. Hey, we, hey, I we promise. Promise. we're not gonna cuss I tonight. Promise. There was gonna be no cussing. He promised. Ray promised it was gonna see see what happens. Ray when promised. Oakland. Promise. This is why people want to go to Jack and Jill. This <laughs> is why they want to go to Jack and Jill. Right there, you just have been an example was, of it. I don't right know what we're talking about. My ba- my mm-hmm. parents my mm-hmm. parents didn't know about Jack and Jill either. They said right. Obviously, they did not. They said they did around the corner and be home before it gets dark. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just saying it's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful thing. And I don't need to fantasize about Wakanda when I have this family that's right here and more people can do it. And this, yeah, you know what, Charles, like the thing, though, that you just you you said, Ray, we should live in this for a second. Let me like live in it for a second, which is I I agree with there's a a boys and girls club. I agree that there's a why and whatnot. I I actually have been I have had my kids in all of those. I've seen parents come in and out of them. You have good experiences in some and not others. The one missing element that I do think the Jack and Jill folks get right is the the networking part Mm -hmm. that doesn't require an institutional mediating body. Right. Like where you like a lot of times when you do the the why stuff, you don't get to know the other parents. Right. So you're depending your connection is with the why. And then the why has all the parents, the other kids, parents. And then you meet 
one or two here or there and do stuff on the side. But like through a church group, for instance, you're going to church together. Like y'all all kind of know each other in a way that's different than the Y or Boys and Girls Club. Sometimes, you know, it is only $5 for the Boys and Girls Club, but sometimes you need to get your change. <laughs> you need to get, get some change back because it ain't worth it. Um, what I do think that people could do to raise point is you can support, you can start networks too. That doesn't cost money to start uh, networks of parents, like no matter where you live and what you're doing. Yeah. And, I, and like I said, I agree with both you and Ray and Ray and, you know, handing it back to you. I super agree with you. I'm just saying I don't miss Taylor. Just whatever was around her, she was just going to use. If you got access to a Jack and Jill, fine. But maybe I got access to a Chris Stewart. Maybe I got access to a Ray. Like people yeah. in Ray town and people that's listening to this right now that got a 12 year old kid that's going to be in high school in two years should probably be hitting your line because you are a resource. That's what I'm saying. We use customers do whatever they have access to. You know what I'm saying? That, that was that was it. But Ray, you you had your point that you put a button in for me. So thank you and take it. Take it away. Yeah. So my, and I don't my, know who's crunching, but we hear all of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I don't know who's doing that. I, I try to eat before the podcast. There's, there's a lot of things that I try to do before the podcast to make sure that I'm here on time for the podcast. But hey, but anyway, um, what y'all are hearing is shade. What y'all are hearing is shade. Just so you know, in case you don't know what shade sounds like, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> hey, but listen, man. Hey, we got so so MP, uh, National Parents Union, right? I, I love what they did, and I'm I'm plugging Carrie and her team for uh for for the whole um financial distribution that they did for the parents that were trying to think outside of the box in terms of how to educate their kids. We need more opportunities like that for our parents, for them to be able to resource, uh, to, to access resources that they wouldn't normally have in order to make the commitment to say, you know what, I'm going to keep my baby home because I don't like what this system is doing to my child. Right. Because I know a lot of, a, a lot of, a lot of kids right now are probably thriving, not having to be in those buildings that like Chris says are killing them. Right. But it just so happens that I'm in a building to where like I 100 percent making my goal to make sure that nobody is 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 nobody's mind is being murdered in that building and that kids have a way to express themselves in ways in which they wouldn't in a traditional public school. And I think that that's why it's super important for families to have school choice and to have and to be able to go out and say, you know what, this is the school that's going to work best for my kid. Even if it's not a school, even if it's homeschool, I feel like all parents should have the opportunities to be able to say that. Mm-hmm. So, Ian, you've heard us talk. You've heard us go back and forth about you. And at some point, I want you to call your sister in because she made this happen. And I want to make sure we honor her. And her story is crazy, too. Um, I want to hear that because I think it it, it took a lot of it took a lot of guts to, like, reach out to the show and be like, hey, this this is the story you should be doing. So and how how, what's your reaction to our reaction of you and your family? Because that might be weird. So I want to. Um, I'm overjoyed because like to see, you know, other people and talking about us, talking about our family and talking about all of our success. And like, it makes me appreciate even more everything we've done because now I can like, you know, I could be an icon to everybody else who's considering homeschooling. I could be an icon, me and my sister, we can be an icon. Like you can do it and you can get great results from it. It's arguably better than public school, depending on your circumstances and it's worth a try, you know? So 
I'm glad. I'm glad uh, I get to make other people, you know, feel good about homeschooling and feel more secure. So, all right, cool. Hey, we're keeping that. We're keeping this hot button on you, bro. So you're a CEO of a company, right? Yes. So like, we don't want to just, we don't want to just talk about just like just this associate's degree and like, you know, your dope parents, and like all these other things and whatnot. But you are a CEO of a company. Man, I'm almost triple your age and I'm, you know, I'm not doing as well as you're doing. So talk to me about your company. Talk to us about your company, man. And like, and like where you want to see it go. Okay, well, my company is Calamity Gaming, and as you know, I'm the CEO, and basically what our company is centered around is gaming aimed at younger kids, because as you guys probably know, all the gaming tournaments, the e-gaming, you know, the Evo and all those big gaming tournaments, all the people participating are like middle-aged men like maybe like 30 to 25 like that age group and i used to attend those tournaments and what i would it'd be it'd be fine you know i still had a good time but i was the only kid there like i was the only at the time like 12 to 13 year old there and i was wondering like where are all the other kids because i you know i know that kids like playing these games just that where where are they and i eventually came to the conclusion that it's probably because of the age group you know the age group is like it probably is scary being around you you know, 30, 24, 25 to 30 year old man. It's like, you know, it's, it's just scary. You know, you're the only, you're the outcast. So I felt like I must not be the only kid who wants to attend these tournaments, but are just too scared by the audience. So I decided to create my own company, you know, Calamity Gaming, where we host those same tournaments, you know, we host video game tournaments, but it's aimed at a younger audience. So when kids can come and get together and play the game that they want to play and it's, more comfortable the per the, the age group that's there it's their age group you know so like they they feel more welcome and they feel more they're more open to talking and more social so you know that's basically what we do at calamity gaming we also you know host private private um events you know if you want to you know and have a birthday party for an example and you want to have a Fortnite tournament we can do that you know we can either show up but currently we can't because you know covid but usually we'd be able to you know show up and set up like five systems and we would be able to like get up in this scenario Fortnite tournament going so the main goal of this you know company for me was you know providing that opportunity that i didn't necessarily get to be around younger kids and not esports format because the only time you ever really get to play with younger kids you know in video games is at somebody's birthday party or when you're having a play day or another social event but i figured i like there must be other kids you know watching these streams and these big tournaments and they must want to do it so you know creating this environment i felt like and it did bring a lot more kids that want you know it was like they're calling they finally have a uh, appropriate place and their parents will feel more safer about sending them to this tournament that's aimed you know and ran by a kid and the age group is teen and under so you know i feel like i feel like i am making a change or i'm providing more opportunities for people like me or back then me younger me to have the same experiences as the older guys playing in the tournaments that's what's up, bro. Thanks for sharing that. Hey, Charles, I got a quick yeah. question for you, bro. Did you have play dates when you were when you were a kid? That's a new term, man. I, I don't even know. I don't know. <laughs> like, what the hell is a play date? Um, I did not know. I didn't. I went to see my friends, or I had to. I go outside. I, I like. I lived with my granny, so I would get kicked out the house, and you have to be back before the sunset, or. 
if you ran it inside, in and out the house and you let flies in and you got to stay. So those are the rules. So I went outside. Uh, can I ask Ian another question? Um, yeah. And first off, there was another quote that you said, Ian, that I think people should hear. There was a, we had a young black man, right, that said that just said, I can be an icon to other kids. And we're talking about a kid and I have there is no shade to these other departments because I love them. We're not talking about somebody that's doing music. We're not talking about somebody that's playing sports. We're not talking about somebody that's trying to be in movies or whatnot. He is saying I can be an icon because of my academic prowess and me being a CEO. Like we want our kids talking like that. That is when you say king talk, queen talk and all that stuff. That is what that is. And also, I want to make sure I apologize to, to Dr. Tyler. I think I uh, Dr. Taylor. I think I said uh, Mrs. Taylor at one point. Um, and I'm putting there. They have a book. Dr. Taylor and her daughter wrote a book all about this called The Homeschool Alternative where you can go get it right now <laughs> and like take notes from this stuff. So mm-hmm. uh, and what is something um, what, what what's something uh, fun that we probably wouldn't guess about your moms and your pops? Um, like, you know, because we I want them because people this is what's happening with people right now. Right. Because this is we got deficit mindsets. And this is why I'm asking you. <laughs> people going to say, right. Like, listen, well, I'm not a doctor or I don't it ain't. I don't have this or I don't have that or whatever the case is. Right. Um, and I don't I, I don't want to make your parents seem like they're not normal people because they are. And yeah. this is a normal person. And Ray is a normal person. And they both do this. Um, so tell me something fun about both your moms and your pops. Well, something fun that, well, they organize it a lot of the time. Something that we like to do as a family, which shows that, you know, we're not as different as people like to think we are. We, you know, like every once in a while, we'll watch a movie. We maybe watch a movie tonight, you know, after this, you know, we watch movies, we get together, we have ice cream, we go out to eat, you know, basic family stuff. Like I, you know, it's nothing like abnormal or anything just because, we have a different way of doing education doesn't mean we're entirely different people, you know, like we still do, you know, traditional family stuff. We play board games. You know, we, like I said before, we watch movies, we hang out. I mean, it's, you know, it's fun. And, you know, they're normal people as well. Just because, you know, we have a different method doesn't mean that, you know, we're completely different. So, yeah, I think, you know, they're, 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 yeah, they're cool. They're, you know, normal people, (laughs) but yeah. That's um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, Ray and Chris, I know we got about twelve minutes left, man. Um, what, where, where do y'all want to? Is your sister around, Ian? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, you want to talk to her? You should definitely call her over. Because <laughs> her and Ray just put this together. Like she, she reached out. It was like, yo, get a real one on your team right now. That's what she said. Here she is. Yeah. You want? Do you want to? Sure, I can't hear. Okay. Yeah, yeah we, we can Still hear you. Hi. Hi, how are you? Hi, how are Good, you doing? How are you? Good, how are you guys? You got it. Oh, so so we 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 want first of all we wanted to thank you because you know we know you did all of the legwork in terms of connecting <laughs> us and connecting the dots and whatnot. That's amazing. Yes, oh. of course. What would you like to share about your parents and and the things that they have done in order to get you guys uh situated and um in terms of learning and, and becoming the best that y'all can be? Yeah, I would say, I think maybe building off what you said earlier, but that we literally wouldn't be even close to where we are without them. Um, that they believed in us and saw something in us that not only did we not see in ourselves, but the public school said wasn't there. 
Like, we just didn't notice, but the public school says it wasn't even there. Like, no, your kids aren't gifted. They just need to stay exactly where they're at. But our parents saw it anyway and didn't take their answer, their no, as what they're going to live by and decided to have us take our own path, which I really, really appreciate. Of course, not only would we not exist without them, but we wouldn't even be here without them. Mm-hmm. Man, now, you're, you're, you're currently in, in, uh, in, in law school. Talk to us about your trajectory in terms of, mm. you know, because we know this is Ian's show, but it's also <laughs> you too, because y'all I mean, her story Ian. is crazy yeah. too. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I graduate law school in 2022. So that's exciting. Hopefully COVID will be a little bit better by then and I can actually have a in-person graduation. How, how old will you be when you graduate from law school? I will be 19 turning 20 that summer. So that'll be exciting. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Um, and what kind of law? Uh, well, I don't want to particularly go into like criminal or torts or something like that. I want to go into politics and hopefully be president. So not really like a particular area, I guess. Hey, and you know, one thing that's working for you is I think I don't I don't I don't want to misstate this. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think that I'm right. I think Condi was a member of Jack and Jill. Hey, mm-hmm. and that's what y'all are aspiring to be, young Condies. That's what yeah, I'm talking about, man. Hey, <laughs> and so, right. Don't what, let Ray bring his Republican stuff in here. Just let the, <laughs> what? We was rocking and rolling, Ray. We was rocking and rolling, Ray. Nothing wrong with being a Republican, man. I'm telling you. Wait, wait. There's, there, there's everything wrong with being in a, Republican. a Republican. A, a Republican that supports Trump. There's something wrong with that. But there's nothing right. wrong with being a Republican. Hey, you saw me. I had to go get Anyways. some peril. Yeah, I had to go get some peril on. You have to represent for the buzz because you crossed Sigma Gamma Rho. You're a legacy. Yes, I am. <laughs> so, so what was that experience like for you? It was really amazing. I got to be inducted right before COVID hit. So I did get that full experience of being in person and doing those training sessions and all those activities. It was really something I'll never forget. That's what's up, man. Proud of you. All right. So thank you for... Thank you for coming through and, and, and blessing us with your energy. Now put the CEO back on the on the on the on the on the, on the Hey, while they're switching, I got something for you, uh, Chris, and and you, Ray, because Dr. Taylor has been very active in these comments, and I think that Chris and Ray will both get energy from this. So when we was talking about people looking at her and saying, I saw it, I saw it. I, I, I was just gonna say it. I want to say it. Like, listen, listen, listen. Um, I think we're the problem sometimes in the way that we talk about these type of successes, because you you kind of hit it on the head when you said that these things should be normal. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, they are normal. Right. This is happening. When I see uh, uh, Dr. Taylor say in the comments, I was raised in Inglewood and Long Beach area and her father passed away in the 92 riots in L.A. Right. And 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 she is Dr. Taylor today raising children like this. Oh, by the way, I did some digging while we were talking. This is like blowing my mind right now. Cause you know, our family bought everything Doc McStuffins. I don't know if y'all know what the Doc McStuffins is about, but the mother's name in Doc McStuffins, I'm seeing from what I'm reading right now, somebody correct me, Ian, somebody correct me. <laughs> but the mother in Doc McStuffins, McStuffins is named after your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Maisha McStuffins. That McStuffins' mother is Maisha McStuffins. Wait a second. Is, so your is, sister is actually 
document stuff. I just want to just, I just want to put this out there. That your sister is basically your sister and your mom are the muses for yeah. the most famous. I don't know kids show for a certain age group. If you are black and you have a daughter and you yeah. are sick of buying a cultural poison for your kids when it comes to things, anything that comes along like Dora the Explorer, something like that, where it's a main it's character. Nothing wrong color, with Dora Explorer. There's nothing wrong with I, Dora. I, I, I did not say that, I did not say there was anything wrong with it. What I'm saying no, is when you, you ha- especially when you have a girl, you have a choice of a whole bunch of very skinny, uh, blonde, blue-eyed, white girl. Uh, figures in children's media and then something like Dora comes along someone who is smart makes decisions for herself um, uh, figures out mysteries or whatnot but then when a doc McStuffins comes right and you are talking about a doctor who makes decisions and is smart and isn't the stereotypical role model, you know, you buy every single thing possible. The Doc McStuffins purse, the Doc McStuffins blankets, Doc McStuffins books. Like we didn't bought Disney out on these things. I should have stock in Disney after this. Anyways, to find out that this is, that, that, that your mother is the, is the inspiration for, for the, the mom in that is named and where your mom said that she came from. She did not was not born with a silver spoon, was not born into a situation of privilege or whatnot. These are normal stories. These are black American stories. These are we have to stop talking about. And, and Charles, like, listen, I know this isn't what you were saying, mm-hmm. but but I'm pushing back just a little bit when we say it's not just he, we're talking about a young man who is an entrepreneur who has become a CEO or whatnot. And it's not in sports or music or whatnot. What I do want to say is all of our children have this gift in them that we don't stoke enough. And even the ones who are doing it in music and in others are finding very creative ways to start brands, start record labels, start things on their own. Not having to work for somebody is deep in our culture and it's it's in our race. So. um, So anyways, man, y'all, y'all lost me at Doc McStuffins. I'm sorry. I had to go off on that just for a minute. I just had to go off on that for a minute. Ray, wind us up, Ray, because I know I got to run on time mm-hmm. tonight, but but go ahead and, uh, and and set us up, man. This has been amazing. Yeah. I, my heart is so full from this episode right now. So, Ray, yeah, and to, thank you to Haley and to Ray for, like, so, making this show happen. I thought that was beautiful. Yeah, so let me set it up, man. Uh, Final, we'll close it out. Final thoughts, uh, so we can get out on time tonight. Um, we'll start with you, Charles. I, I'm just, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. One to just, you know, Dr. Taylor and her husband. Like, you know, what I'm saying, like they did a great job. Uh, this story is a story that I needed. Um, I was, I was one of those kids that chased basketball, and I loved it. Right. I, I just, I didn't know that I could be like an Ian at the time. Like, this is what I'm saying, right? I didn't know, and my parents didn't know that they could be like Ian's mom. You see what I'm saying? And what I and, and what I want people to take away from is this is this. Let me tell you, because we've been talking about white supremacy and all this stuff and all these big things. And you see in the news and Twitter and all that. Let me tell you how that stuff works in your head. The way it works in your head is that when you hear a story like this, you don't go, oh, I can do that, too. Let me learn how to do it. Those voices, all those systemic things, what they do is they tell you, well, let me show let me show you why you can't do it. Let me tell you why my family can't do it. Let me tell you what, what why they're different from us. Let me tell you why we're not like them. Well, we ain't got Jack and Jill and we don't like Jack and Jill, whatever the case is. Right. Like, you know, and I think that we got to temper that that voice inside of us first. You know what I'm saying? Like this stuff is possible and we can do it. And right now they made this decision before COVID. Right. But COVID is letting a lot of people see what's possible. And again, Chris, at this point, I want to double down on it. 
what parents are doing now is emergency home, like teaching at home. Homeschooling is something very different and is much more intentional, but you can do it and you should use COVID as 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 motivation to show you that you can do more than what you think you can do. And Ian, your sister, your parents, I'm just so grateful. God has really blessed y'all and thank y'all for blessing us. And Dr. Taylor, please come on the show soon. Please. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's up. All right, Breezy, we'll go to you, bro. So Ian, you are an inspiration. Your family's an inspiration. Um, Having your mother chime in tonight actually was an inspiration for me. I'm known for bad analogies or metaphors. I don't know what you call these, but I'm about to give you one. So this is a gift I have, like bad metaphors is my gift. So you are like the coffee bean in this way, right? Mm -hmm. When you go to the fragrance counter at Macy's or one of these stores and you smell a few fragrances, your nose gets jacked up and you can't smell anymore. So you, you, you smell some coffee so you can reset your nose and your palate so that you can smell the next thing that comes along. And what we do too often is we awfulize black children and black youth and the black stories. And we lift up the stories where we, we are victims of white supremacy and we are victims of this, that, and the other. And what we don't, what we need at times is someone to come by and wave the coffee underneath and reset our palate so that we can start smelling success again. Right. Yeah. And that's exactly what you have done for this show tonight. And that's exactly what your family has done uh, um, for us, maybe from today, moving forward a little bit is to keep going back to success because it runs in our race. It is actually what we are about. If you are alive and breathing still after 400 years today, you are one of the ones that survived. So you have to stop looking at yourself as a victim and look at yourself as the one that can't kill. Right. And, and when I see a story like yours, it makes me happy and satisfied, but it also makes me angry. It makes me angry in that this is more normal than we give ourselves credit for. We just don't get you don't get shown enough. It's not what media tells us about ourselves. It's not what educators tell us about ourselves. It's not what the schools or the school systems or most of the dominant white dominant culture tells us about ourselves. To them, you are erased. You don't exist. So Thank you for coming on tonight, for being the coffee bean. Bad analogy. There it is. Um, but but resetting our palate for success. And thank you definitely to, to Dr. Taylor for this. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so E, close it out, man. What you want these people well, Ray, to know? You want to get your final thought first, brother? Or? I'm going to close it. Close it. Oh, okay. But thank you. Okay. Ian. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Ian. You're closing thoughts on the show. Yeah. Oh, um... Well, for me, the closing thoughts are I'm, I'm glad I got to, you know, come on this podcast and like talk to you guys and discuss, you know, education and how how much opportunities and how much potential is wasted on the average, you know, black student. Because like I feel like so many so many more students, they could like they had the potential. It's just like I got washed away due to, you know, public schools and, you know, the whole the whole setup for it. So I feel like me being here like you said earlier it allows me to be an icon and show them that it is possible you can do this you know it's not so far-fetched as you like to think it is so i'm glad that you guys gave me the stand for me to project you know my voice and project my story so yeah thank you guys for having me that's what's up all right so one thing I want to do in my, in my closing thought, man, is that, you know, I, I my kids are, are, are geniuses as well. We might have to do some things in order to accelerate their paces, uh, much like this story right here, because we have the capacity to do so. But one thing that I do is I feel like I take the majority of the credit for for the successes of my kids. And I shouldn't because their mom is amazing. And so uh 
I need to take, take time to uh, to spotlight her. Tears, babes, love you, and I love the work that you do with our kids. And I am fortunate to have such a wonderful person in my life that is educating my kids the way that you do. And so is she, is that's she, where I'm at. Is she right she there? Right? I was about to say, is she in heaven? Because you was looking up. Right. Is she right there? I'm, I'm downstairs and she's upstairs. Like, oh, okay. I oh, couldn't tell. Like, I thought it was I thought it was some man. Fred Sanford type of stuff. You know, good job. Can I just say this about this show? This yeah. show passed the white people Bechtel test, meaning <laughs> we had a whole conversation without talking about white people, centering white people, what they do, what they trying to stop. I'm just saying, when we do our own thing and we have mm-hmm. faith in mm-hmm. us, we shine and people follow us. And Cameron, I just put Cameron's thing up, Ray, for y'all. But Cameron Terry Wilson said, and I hope Dr. Uh, Taylor is still on to see this. Thank you. I was in a battle with my thoughts about homeschooling my son. I needed the encouragement and to see possibility. Thank you for showing it. So... It, that's the show did what it was supposed to do. That's it. Yeah, man. Hey, listen. When we do these shows, these shows is not always about numbers, man. It, it, the shows is about the message, and so the mm-hmm. fact that we can bring this message and we can get this kid to, to share his message and, and, and highlight his voice, you know, hopefully one day when he's a gazillionaire, you know, he'll he'll bring us on his show and he'll do the same thing for us, or he'll do the same thing for uh, someone that's in a position. To, to shine. So Ian, thank you for coming on our show, man. We appreciated you being here. We loved your energy. And you guys have been listening to the Eight Black Hands episode 81 featuring Ian. And we'll see you next week. Peace. 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 You have been listening to the Eight Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stuart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.